Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All right. Welcome back into the Danny Parkin Show, CBS Sports Radio, the Radio.com app, and Sirius 206. Really appreciative of my next guest, time. He's a busy dude. He's very talented. Senior NFL writer for the Boston Globe, Ben Volan, with me on the show. How's it going, Ben? Appreciate you, man. Uh, yeah, nice. So rare weekend off for the Patriots. So it was fun to sit back and watch the red zone today and check out what's going on across the NFL. Yeah. So, all right, we'll get to the Patriots in a little bit. Cause I'm just curious, but what was your top takeaway from uh, this week? Six slate. Um, just in watching the games today. Uh, one takeaway was that I think this is a different Houston Texans team from what we're used to seeing. And I know all the talk may have seized on the Patriots and, and the chiefs, but this was a big time statement win by the Texans to go into Kansas City and knock those guys off. And Sean Watson and DeAndre Hopkins and that running game, I mean, Houston, this is – I don't think this is your father's Houston Texans. I actually think they're pretty good this year, and they have a defense uh, that's pretty good on that side of the ball as well. Um, So that, to me, the Houston Texans are going to be a team to watch in the AFC. They're 4-2 and now, and I think they're just starting to hit their stride. And this was a big year for Bill O'Brien. There's – you know, really no excuse for them. They've got playmakers on both sides of the ball. Deshaun Watson had a healthy offseason, and they have a pretty good roster, and I think you're seeing that now from the Texans that this is going to be a, a team to contend with at the end of the season. I'm curious how you feel about my theory that because of Pat Mahomes' success and Baker Mayfield's personality, Deshaun Watson is actually underappreciated nationally. Uh, I'd say that's accurate. The Texans are not a big national team. Uh, This kid can play. I I was a little skeptical of him uh, being able to to thrive as a passer in the NFL, but he's awesome. And for as great of an athlete as he is, he runs to throw. He he keeps his eyes downfield, and he makes some big-time throws down the field to uh, Hopkins and Fuller. He's a very good quarterback. And like I said, having a healthy offseason, I think, is is such a, a big key for him didn't have to worry about rehabbing and could just work on the offense and work on improving his skills. And this guy is is ready to uh, explode. I think he's in the short list of uh, the MVP conversation right now. It's probably him and Wilson. And again, going into Kansas city and taking down Mahomes and the chiefs, I know those guys are banged up a little bit and that defense isn't the best, but that was a big time statement win for Watson and the Texans today. We're talking to Ben Volan, senior NFL writer for the Boston globe. In the NFC, the story of the day is the Niners remaining undefeated. I guess at this point we have to consider them for real? Absolutely. I I think even before this win, they were for real. Um, And and just the the second uh, undefeated team left, just them and the Patriots right now. The Niners are 5-0, and that's in a very tough division. So they've got some obviously big games still ahead of them against Seattle, uh, a rematch with the Rams. Um, that, you know, the NFC is, I think the far tougher conference this year. So even though the Niners are after a hot start, they, you know, still have to keep it going for sure. But, um, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo, they're five and zero, and he's still kind of feeling his way back too. He's coming back from that torn ACL and you can tell he's playing well, but he's still not quite himself right now, but he's 
you know, he's letting it rip, and they've got uh, a really solid running game. Kyle Shanahan really knows how to run the football. And that defense, that was – we're talking about statements. Holding the Rams to seven points in their building, that was a huge, huge performance by the 49ers defense today. And uh, coming off a game where what they hold the Browns to three points last week. So uh, the 49ers are a surprisingly complete team right now, and they're for real. And, um, you know, the NFC is tough, so it's, it's certainly going to be a tough battle for them. But they're going to be right in the mix uh, throughout the whole season. Who do you think is the best team in the NFC? You know, you got to look at the Saints right now. Um, 4-0 with their backup quarterback. Their defense is legit. I know that the Jaguars, you know, Gardner Minshew, uh, he, he's been a great story. But at the end of the day, they're still a little bit challenged on offense, Jaguars. But still, for the uh, Saints to go in there and, and take care of business today, I think it was impressive. And like I said, for them to be 4-0, and Teddy Bridgewater's had some big games, but they've mostly been doing it with their defense. Um, and uh, who's the kid? Marcus Davenport, who they traded up for, traded the extra first-round pick to go get him last year. Now in his second year, he's really starting to break out and become a, a breakout defensive star. So, um, you know, the NFC, you've got to look at Seattle. They're they're playing really well right now. Russell Wilson might be the favorite for the MVP. Um, you're seeing the Cowboys and the Rams slide off a little bit, um, you know, but but certainly, uh, uh, you know, the NFC has, has a lot of talented teams uh, at the top, and the Saints are probably uh, number one right now. Ben Volan covers the NFL for the Boston Globe, but obviously also covers the Patriots quite a bit. So they're clearly the best team in the league if we were going to do a power ranking. But I am curious, the Patriots defense, do you think that they are legitimately the best defense in the league or merely very good and a product of their schedule? I think when it's said and done, they're going to be a top five defense. And I don't, I don't think these crazy numbers are going to continue. Um, I mean, they're barely allowing uh, a touchdown per game and third down, they're only allowing like 13%, which the, the, the best team in the last 30 years has allowed 25%. So the Patriots, you know, these numbers are going to correct themselves when they play tougher games. Uh, you know, they, they have a stretch in November where they play. Dallas, you know, at Philly, at Houston, that's going to be a big game. They get Kansas City at home. They play the Ravens on Sunday night football. So they are going to get tested eventually. Uh, and even this Jets game this Sunday, uh, now that Sam Darnold's back, uh, might be a lot, or excuse me, it's a Monday night football game at the Jets. Those are never an easy, easy wins for the Patriots. So they'll be tested this week. But in watching this Sunday night football game, I mean, the Chargers are facing a third string quarterback and, and the Steelers are running all over them tonight. Whereas the Patriots, uh, I know we like to say, well, who have they played, but at least they're just dominating them and just overwhelming these quarterbacks. And Daniel Jones, who you know, look, I think has looked pretty good in his young career so far came into Foxborough the other night and just had no chance of moving the ball against that Patriots uh, defense. And they've just been suffocating and creating a ton of turnovers and sacks and defensive touchdowns. So you have to give them credit for at least doing what they're supposed to do and just completely dominating these backup quarterbacks because I think as we're seeing in the NFL, that's no guarantee. A lot of these teams are so evenly matched, and the Patriots are still, I think, head and shoulders above most of them. Yeah, I mean, they're clearly the best team in the league, but um, I, I'm just curious. I, I have a little theory. I haven't watched every play of the Patriots or anything like that. It, it feels like when I'm watching Brady this year, he is playing – very conservative even by his standards in terms of like avoiding hits uh just throwing the ball away throwing at guys feet I know they got a bad line I know he's 42 years old 
is it like wishful thinking on my part that like father time's finally catching up to him or is he, am I right? Is he making more business decisions out there with regards to avoiding hits? I will say he does kind of, um, you know, give up on a play quickly sometimes like a screen pass when, when it's just not there, he'll just throw it in the ground real quickly. And he's pretty good. I mean, one reason he's made it to 42 and playing like this is because he does kind of avoid the hits over the years. So that, that is a smart attribute of a quarterback to know when to, you know, give up and live to see another play. I will say last year he had a tendency of really bailing on throws and bailing on the pocket quickly, and that hasn't crept up yet this year. I think he's been pretty good about standing in there and buying time and, and taking hits. Um, he just doesn't have a lot of faith in his offensive line right now, and, and his weapons are a little shaky. I mean, he really wanted Antonio Brown, and they needed a, a star player like that because after Edelman, you know, they lost Gronk last year, and they've had a lot of guys banged up, and it's just the, the offense is definitely a work in progress, and I think everyone expects the Patriots to make some kind of move at, at receiver or tight end or maybe even both before the trade deadline because they just, you know, they don't have great depth, and Edelman at 33 is kind of getting banged up. and You know, James White, Rex Burkhead, these guys have been in and out a little bit. Josh Gordon's been inconsistent. Philip Dorsett's hurt now. They just they need some help, and they need some assistance, and Brady – He's also made it clear that he's not thrilled with having some of the younger teammates too. They've got a few, you know, young tight ends, undrafted rookie receivers, and he's been not so subtle about kind of get, you know, sending the message in his press conferences that he's not he doesn't want these young guys and he wants more experienced uh receivers. So, uh I think we're all just waiting for the Patriots to make some kind of move here because they they could certainly use some reinforcements. All right. Well, so there's an obvious name here. If I put a hundred K on the table and so you can only pick it up if you're right, does Gronk come back? See, I don't think Gronk's coming back. I know they, they keep talking about it. and He leaves the possibility open. Uh, I think that's mostly a business decision on his part. It keeps him relevant. It keeps people guessing. Uh, you hear some of what he's saying in interviews though. He's done. He's, you know, football was really tough on his body and I don't think he enjoyed it much the last few years. And, you know, you hear the things like in one interview, he said, well, I would come back if they would let me skip practice all week and I didn't have to stay in the hotel on Saturdays. And, then you know, <laughs> I could just go to the game. It's like, OK, well, then you're not coming back because Bill Belichick would never allow that, obviously. And he's just I think he's just done. You know, his body got so beat up. He's thin. He's healthy. He's feeling good. He's endorsing products. He's hanging out in Miami. I think Gronk is good right now. We're talking to Ben Volan, senior NFL writer for the Boston Globe. All right, well, so reinforcements for the Patriots or anyone else. Like, There's a lot of teams who could use upgrades. Who do you think is going to be traded before the deadline? You know, just I, I was, I've been looking at some of the receivers and tight ends, and you know, the Atlanta Falcons are one team that kind of scream out. Uh, Mohamed Sanu is a, a wide receiver that I think a lot of Patriots fans have, have circled. Uh, they have uh, Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones, obviously, and now they're one and five. And could they get something, a good draft pick from the Patriots for giving up a Sanu or maybe um, the tight end, Austin Hooper? You know, the other team to look at is the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, can the Patriots pry A.J. Green from them or maybe Tyler Eifert? It won't be easy. The Patriots are really tight on the salary cap. They only have like a million and a half, two million in space right now, so they'd have to you know, restructure a contract or two and, and create some space before, you know, so it makes bringing on like an A.J. Green more complicated. Another guy like Emmanuel Sanders for the Broncos, they're kind of out of it, although they did win today, and I think he had a knee injury, so we'll see what that's all about. But, um, you know, there are going to be some some veterans out there, and 
it's it's a little tough to predict. We're all kind of throwing darts at this point. But the Patriots clearly need to give Tom Brady another weapon, whether it's wide receiver or tight end. And, you know, Atlanta, especially with Thomas Dimitrov, the GM down there, used to be with the Patriots. That's probably a good place for the Patriots to start. A few more minutes with Ben Volen covers the NFL for the Boston Globe. Speaking of uh, the Falcons, you think Dan Quinn survives the season? Looking tough right now, especially at one and five. He'd have to have a pretty miraculous turnaround to make the playoffs, and I think that's probably what it's going to take for him to, um, you know, survive his job at this point. He was kind of lucky to survive it last year. They, they've gone downhill in the couple of years since they've won the Super Bowl, and last year they missed the playoffs. The owner made him replace all three of his coordinators, but he, you know, he survived. But he had to axe everyone and bring in an entire new staff, and that's usually uh, a pretty bad sign. And then to see how it started off uh, with a one and five record this year, there, there's too much talent on that team for them to be one and five. So he's got, I mean, the end of the season would be good for him. He, he's looking like a guy who might be a mid-season kind of firing. But to, you feel for him too. I mean, this was a brutal one today. They had it all tied up at the end. Uh, and then they miss on an extra point. I mean, that's just brutal. But they put themselves in that position as well, and they shouldn't be on. You know, they shouldn't be down on the road to Arizona Cardinals. They shouldn't be giving up 50 points to the Houston Texans last week. There's just too much talent for the Falcons for them to be playing the way they are right now. Speaking of a team with a ton of talent, I don't get the Browns. Do you have a good read on what they are? Yeah, I, to me, I wonder if uh, Freddie Kitchens just has too much on his plate. It's like. You know, he's got to develop Baker Mayfield, and they've got to worry about getting the ball to Odell Beckham because he hasn't been getting the ball. And they got to find ways to get the ball to Jarvis Landry, too. And he's calling the plays. And, oh, by the way, he's the head coach as well. And this guy, you know, he's only been a coordinator for half a season before this year. Never been a head coach, obviously. I just think Jimmy Haslam, the owner, put too much on, on uh, Freddie Kitchen's plate and should have made him the offensive coordinator and hired a more experienced head coach. I just think they need a little more professionalism. They have so many penalties, so many just dumb losses and games where they fumble away. And to me, that that's just a sign of a coach who's just got too much on his plate right now, and, and they need to bring in a more experienced coach, I would say. All right, and then last thing here with Ben Volen, he covers the league for the Boston Globe. Do you think that either the first or second pick from the 2015 NFL draft, Jameis Winston and Marcus Mariota, do you think either one of them is an NFL starting quarterback next year? Um, I think Mariota may get one of those bridge type deals. If, if it's not with the Titans, maybe, you know, a team that drafts a guy and then they bring in a Mariota just to kind of hold, keep the seat warm. But this was a bad day for both those guys. Jameis with the five interceptions and, Mariota finally getting benched for Tannehill. You know, it was only a matter of time, I thought, before that move was made. When they brought in Tannehill, it was a clear sign that they just, that uh, Mariota was going to be on a short leash this year. And we'll see if he ends up coming back next week. I think the Titans still may try to give him a, a shot and, and let him start, but it's going to be a very short leash. And, you know, Mike Rabels probably doesn't have the, the best uh, uh, job security either. Same with GM John Robinson. So they, they need to win some games. And Tannehill's. I, I think just as good as Mariota, if not maybe better than him. And, and Mariota's had all the opportunities in the world, but he's just not developing as a passer. And Winston, just too reckless, just you know, throwing all these interceptions and trying to play hero ball. He's had some huge games. There was a, few, a couple weeks ago with, with Bruce Arians calling the plays now, uh, um, or running the offense, and, and Byron Leftwich calling the plays. Jameis had a great game a few weeks ago, but he's just way too inconsistent. So, uh 
No. If anyone's going to start next year, it'll be Mariota, but it won't be a, a significant starting job. It'll just be to keep the seat warm for someone else. Follow this man on Twitter at Ben Volin, V-O-L-I-N. Read him at the Boston Globe. Ben, thanks so much for the time, man. We'll do it again soon. All right. Thanks for having me. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.